Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we speak to the movers and shakers within the Olympic movement. We continue our theme with a build-up to the Paris Olympics and explore how the city is preparing for those games in 2024. In this episode, we hear from Pierre Rabadan, who is the Deputy Mayor of Paris in charge of the Olympic Games. And we'll also hear from an Olympic champion, the volleyball player Bartolomé Chinenyeze. But first we hear from Pierre Rabadan, who began by telling me the important criteria for the Paris government towards the Olympics. There is two steps for me. The first one is organizing the competition, uh, 15 days for the Olympics and 11 for the Paralympics. That's two massive key, but for us, for a city, as I said, we have um, uh, an ambitious legacy program and uh, we, we really want to use uh, this organization to make a quicker transformation in Paris. For example, here next to the river scene, we would like to be able to go swimming uh, frequently in the river scene after the Olympics. So we will do uh, the, the competition in uh, in 2024, but our, our goal and our legacy is to be able to having swimming area in the river scene after 2024. So that's the key we are uh, we will achieve. So uh, this is an example, but uh, uh, another important example for us is to being able to to get out of the single plastic use, and uh, we, will, we will work on that for the organization of the Olympics and Paralympics. Uh, as I said, and uh, we, we will achieve it too. So uh, for the competition, the competition time, uh, we organize uh, a new standard of the sustainable sports venue here in, in Paris. We we use our uh, sports venue, classic sports venue, like Roland Garros, Parc des Princes. Uh, uh, we just built a new uh, arena in the north of Paris. And we use the Accor Arena too, uh, already existing. But the new concept is to getting out of the classic sports venue and uh, create a specific, uh, um, specific venue in the center of Paris, in the patrimonial way. Uh, as you maybe heard about the uh, new sports, urban sports in Place de la Concorde. Uh, we will use uh, the Champ de Mars and Trocadero to get just uh, next to the Eiffel Tower uh, to having the beach volley and uh, ju judo and, uh, and wrestling. So, uh, and um, archery will be in the Invalide. We will use the Grand Palais uh, for uh, the fencing. So uh, we really want to to create, as I said, uh, a new kind of, of games, uh, Olympic and Paralympic games, both uh, have the same importance for us. And uh, we will work, we will have for the first time the Paralympic Games uh, in France, because last time we had the, the Olympics, it was in uh, 1924, and the Paralympic doesn't exist yet. So uh, uh, we, will, uh, we will use it uh, for having a better, a better inclusion and accessibility everywhere in Paris, in the old city we have. So. As I said, if I can sum up like that, uh, we use this opportunity to make the transformation and envir environmental transformation we need to, because as you see, uh, it will be hottest 
uh, every day here in Paris, but everywhere in the world, unfortunately. So uh, we, we will use the, the biggest event we organize to, to being able to organize the most responsible events too. We've seen in previous Olympics legacies like with Barcelona, for example, yeah. transform the city, uh, Athens as well. What are the issues that Paris has uh, at the moment in terms of infrastructure, in terms of transportation and, and maybe others that I, I don't know about that are of concern that you are looking at the Olympics as being an opportunity to, to change those? Yeah, uh, as we try to think uh, already our bid uh, in uh, in 20, 2015 I, I remember uh, we decided to think what the Olympics and Paralympic could change territorially speaking and uh, uh, the mayor of Paris and Hidalgo and uh, the other uh, politics uh, responsible decided to to put the focus on the Seine-Saint-Denis is in the north of Paris, not inside Paris, but it's our youngest and poorest uh, territory. And uh, we decided to to change and try to push this uh, this transformation over there. So uh, we invest a lot over there, especially for the, the Olympic and Paralympic village, uh, for the media center too, and for the main construction uh, of the new. So, as I said, in Paris, we have all temporary venue or already existing venue or uh, just a new one is in the Porte de la Chapelle in the north of Paris. The link between our territory is the River Seine. So that's why, uh, as you may be heard, we will push the ceremony, uh, opening ceremony uh, on the River Seine. All of this will cost money. Can you give us an idea of what your costing is going to be for all of these projects and, and also share with us a little bit about where this money is coming from. Yeah, uh, hard to explain quickly uh, uh, but uh, we have to, uh, to have uh, two focus. Uh, you have one specific focus to the organization of the Games, Olympics and Paralympics and you have another focus like uh, for example uh, again on the river scene uh, where you have uh, public investment who are concentrate on the short period to be able to achieve uh, the goal before 2024. So that's the two key. For the Olympics, we know actually that the cost uh, will be uh, for the organization committee uh, $4 billion uh, and 98% of this $4 billion could come to the private finance. Okay, so we have just two persons. This is from sponsors then? Yeah, sponsors, ICO uh, and, uh, and um, uh, tickets they will sold uh, during the Olympics. So uh, that uh, are you, you find the balance. And uh, for the, uh, the other construction, uh, you have a global investment or 3.4 billions. And uh, here you have half from uh, privacy and the other half for public uh, investments. And uh, this is for specific construction, like, as I told you, like village and uh, some venue uh, we, will, uh, we will build too. And um, for example, in the river scene, and uh, you have here a, a concrete example of uh, invest, uh, national, local, uh, invest who are concentrating in the shortest period because we have this goal to be ready for 2024 if, if we didn't have it uh, it will be it, it probably will happen but it will take i don't know 
10 or 15 years and here we will achieve it in uh, maybe five years. Let's look at the impact of tourism. Uh, Are you as the local government already planning with uh, the tourism sector or in conversations with them or getting an idea as to what the planning is to maximize those visitors who will be coming to Paris because it seems the strategy is quite interesting in terms of if you lower ticket prices you get more people in maybe you don't make so much money for the competition I say exactly maybe you don't make that uh, resale of ticket value on the competition but then you have more people in the city that can then spend the money what what is the strategy with the the, the tourism sector on that yeah Uh, maybe two things to to explain before the to give you the the strategy the the first one is uh, to rethink maybe how we make tourism in a city like Paris as you know, we are the, 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 maybe one of the biggest uh, touristic city in the world. Uh, so we had the COVID. So maybe, and uh, as I said before, uh, we, we have the environmental, environmental way now. And uh, we have to rethink how to make tourism in Paris. And uh, especially for the Olympics, we will have a specific attraction here in Paris. So uh, we try to, to have these two elements all together. And uh, for the Olympics and Paralympic Games, we know that we will have a lot of tourism here. And uh, we will try to build with the professional uh, the economic uh, consequences, positive consequences for uh, our, uh, our shops here, restaurants, hotels and everything. But uh, maybe to organize a more responsible tourism. Uh, we try to do here, for example, on the River Seine, uh, with uh, all the touristic boats, uh, we try to, for example, change our uh, motors, you know, uh, to go to on uh, electric or hydrogen uh, motors. Uh, so we try to change a lot of things in uh, in that. But as you remember, uh, we had uh, uh, terrorism in in, uh, in in 2015, 15, and uh, uh, that's why that. It was a specific time where the mayor of Paris decided to go and try to get in the Olympics and Paralympics because it's a positive thing. Well, France picked up a gold medal in the Tokyo Olympics in volleyball. It was his first involvement in the Olympics for Bartolomé Chininiese, and so a proud moment for the athlete. And he told Sport Intern that having an Olympics in his home city of Paris was the pinnacle of his dream so far. We can see all the changes and some news every day, like or, or every week about the Olympics, where it's going to be, uh, how they're going to do the thing. So no, I just we just can't wait. And uh, I'm French, so it's just like a huge thing for us uh, to play the Olympics uh, at home. Yeah, in terms of that build-up, I mean... Looking at it from the outside, we think, oh, but it's still two years away. But from the point of view as an athlete, are you are you very close, or do you still also see that there is time to go? Uh, there's there's time because it's it's in two years. It's like short, but it's also a long time because we've got like so many competitions before. We still have like uh, two years, so it's kind of both long and short, but. Uh, you know, every week that passes, it's making us uh, come closer to the Olympics. So, like right now, I'm saying it's it's long, but I know that like in six months, it's going to be like really, really quick. And because of the Olympics uh, in Tokyo, they were in uh, in 2021, so it's not four years now; it's three years. So now it's gonna it's gonna come quick for sure. Yeah, uh, just because that's such a. a... Uh, a different scenario due to COVID. Those Olympics in Tokyo were postponed by a year. 
is it kind of more exciting from an athlete's point of view that literally in three years you've gone from Tokyo to Paris? Yeah, it's really exciting because for me, Tokyo was my uh, first Olympics. So, um, and there was no one, like no one was, was there. It was like, because of COVID, it wasn't, it was weird for the first Olympics to, to play without anyone uh, inside the court, you know, inside the arena. But now that it's going to be in Paris, it's like really exciting for me. So it's going to be my second Olympics. I hope so. And uh, no, I just can't wait. And this, yeah, let's cross the fingers. And, uh, no, I really can't wait because it's going to be also at home. So that's, uh, that's really amazing. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, actually, uh, from your point of view, it must be a really interesting reflection of extremes, because in most cases, an athlete will go to Olympics, there's the atmosphere, but you're going to go from a completely empty Olympics to your home Olympics from one to the other. I mean, have you got your head around that? Yeah, it's like, I don't know how it's going to be, because I, we did, we played at the Olympics, but it wasn't like the the real thing kind of because the the gyms were empty and now so we're gonna go from covid olympics to olympics at home it's like completely the opposite like you can't do like more opposite than this so yeah i yeah, know it's really exciting and uh, i can't wait like to go play in front of the home crowd and see family people uh, just cheering for us uh, a lot of the messaging that's coming out when we spoke to tony and and pierre it really is a people's Olympics, uh, you know, for the first time ever, we're going to have the opening ceremony, not inside the stadium, but by the Eiffel Tower, the River Seine. Uh, they're talking a lot about sustainability, uh, using, you know, venues that already exist. How much of that is of interest to you as athletes? Do you listen to that? Well, what is your take on that when you hear that kind of messaging? For us, it's uh, it's important because we know that nowadays it's important like to keep um, like all the gyms and of course they're gonna build like new buildings, but it's more like a, a project. It's not gonna be like only the Olympics and after we don't use the gyms anymore. We don't use like the the building the buildings that are, they're gonna create. So. We hear about it and we think it's cool. As a volleyball player living in that city, what would be the best legacy for you, for you from an athletics point of view, an athlete's point of view? Maybe we're going to play a game again in this gym like that we're, we're going to play in. And uh, so that's important for us because it creates like memories, good memories. And so for me, I hope like I'm going to play at the Olympics and I'm going to go back to like these places just to have those memories and feel again like the atmosphere that was at the olympics so no, it's really important and i hope it's going to be it's going to go like that it was a good advert for us to win uh, in tokyo to win the gold medal so now we have to prove again to people that it wasn't just like a one-time thing so if we can go get a medal at uh, at paris it will bring like volleyball to even a higher level and people will watch it even more even in tokyo like Many people that just like sports, that watch the Olympic, they came to me like in the street, they were like, oh, you played volleyball, we saw it. I've never watched it, but now for sure I will watch it like every time you get like competition. So it's just results. Results brings people. So it's important for us to, to go search for them.
Well, that's the French Volleyball Olympic champion Barthélemy Chinignesi ending another edition of the Sport Intern Special Podcast. Don't forget you can get all the latest news updates by subscribing to the Sport Intern newsletter produced Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe.